there's a social belief system that exists in our minds um, where if we see something really enticing through an advertisement or on social media or someone's talking about something, whether it's an event, a trip, an amusement park, whatever it is, um, the belief system says you go and then even if you don't enjoy it, you get to say, here's the belief system. At least I can say that I've done it before. And I've heard this and I've lived by this, but I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, mm, nope, this isn't right. I don't, I don't think this is how life is supposed to be enjoyed. Life isn't supposed to be going somewhere and being able to say, well, at least I've been there before. At least I've done this before. As if it's like we only live to be able to say that and like confirm our experiences and ideals. Let's talk about it because I'm tired of it. I call this episode the capacity for enjoyment. Because I think a lot of us want to have a really good time in our life. We really want to be social and have a good time with our friends and especially after a pandemic. Um, but we we don't comprehend like the nature of what it means to be a human being. And if like the nature of what it means to be a human being is that we're created by the love of God, for the love of God, and to share the love of God with the world. If that's what it means to be human, then why are we living our lives in a way that cares more about titles and experiences and, like, achieving things than, like, the art of enjoying things? And a lot of examples come to mind. Uh, number one, vacations. When I talk to people who have traveled and seen the world and been on vacations, the immediate lie my head begins to tell me is that my life is insufficient. My life is less than theirs because I haven't done what they've done. And like nothing they said to me, you know, they never looked at me and said, you know, you would have a better quality of life if you did this. Like they would never say that to me um but that's like what my brain comprehends in all of its insecurities and all of its vanity honestly when people say things about their vacations to me um and then when when people do go like one step further and they're like you work so hard you should go on vacation it's like you don't think I'm trying like all the avenues of my life have not presented the opportunity yet so bear with me I'm trying um the second thing that was a part of my life that I look back on and I don't think I enjoyed it as much, um, obviously high school and college, when you are in the midst of something, like in the four walls of high school and in the four walls of college, at least I'm speaking for myself, all I wanted to do was get out. And I had this like feeling in my heart where I wish I could just make the best of this, but I just wanted so desperately to get out of those four years of my life. And praise be to God, like I look back on high school and I look back on college and I do remember the really enjoyable moments and the people and the classes and 
that I actually do love ac- academia and I love education. And as much as I cursed out going to school, I actually really do love learning. So like I can look at that in hindsight and say like I did genuinely enjoy it and I enjoy looking back on it. But what's the goal of high school? What's the goal of college is to graduate and get a degree. Um, and your parents do a really good job telling you that, like, go get your degree and get acclimated to the real world. But that's not true either. And like, that's a really good thing to get acclimated and to be disciplined and to get a job and to make money and to support yourself. Like, that's a beautiful thing. But no one's teaching us to enjoy the journey while we're in it. And I do feel like in passing, my parents and older people have told me in my life, like, enjoy it. You only get to do this once. And I'm like over here cursing it out, waiting for it to end. Um, but it's this idea that for some reason, the expectation in your head of what this thing was supposed to be didn't doesn't meet reality. And I always think of the quote, like, I like the idea of it better than I like it itself. And that's tricky. That's a really hard thing to um, come to terms with as a human being. Because if, again, we're made, our nature is made to give, receive, and embrace love, and to enjoy that love, we can just get so frazzled in thinking that titles or statuses or um, everything that we're doing and taking steps in the right direction to do should promise promise us that enjoyment and that love. And when we're not soaking it in 100%, we think that we missed the mark or we missed something. But maybe God's just trying to teach us the art of enjoyment. And it's so crazy the way God works um, if you do include God in your life. Um whether that's through prayer or the sacraments, whatever way you um, orient yourself towards God, you do have this realization where God really knows your innermost thoughts. Like God just knows like these secret thoughts in my head. And, and sometimes I don't bring things to prayer. And by prayer, I don't bring things into conversation with God because I'm afraid it doesn't make sense yet. But more importantly, I'm afraid that what I start to talk to God about It's just going to end up making me realize that I'm more upset with life than I should be. And I began to have this thought about life where I didn't enjoy anything. And again, we were just in a pandemic and I've been through my own personal crap. So like there were so many reasons why I wasn't enjoying things, but it was like comparing myself to other people's lives, comparing my relationship status to other people's lives, like trying to find that one thing that could be like, God, is it this? Is it this that's lacking? Do I need to do this? Do I need to go on that vacation? Like, where am I missing the art of enjoying my life? And why am I not enjoying my life? And you get down to the fact that God... You know, I was afraid to admit that prayer, but God heard it, even in the depths of my heart, even in like that secret corner where it's tied up into a closet and he un- He unwraps it and brings it to the light because, you know, the Holy Spirit, I'm all over the place, bear with me. The Holy Spirit will like prompt you to do things in your life. And I had this book on my shelf that I was really determined to read, but it was so big and I was like, I'll never get through it. Um, Praise be to God. I opened the book and it's actually a book about the life of St. Therese of Lisieux. And if you've ever read about the saints or the lives of the saints in the Catholic Church, they teach you so much about life. And I always grew up with parents who loved the lives of the 
saints, but I didn't get into them until my 20s when I started to care about people's lives. It was all about me for a while. Um, So I started to read the life of this saint, and she is my confirmation saint, so I should know about her. I I did a (laughs) book report on her. Um, but I never knew her the way this book described her. And she did die at 24. Um, so in my 24th year of life, I figured it was fitting to be friends with her. And she's just talking about life. And she says, Dear Jesus, you have to transform my soul and endow it with the capacity for enjoyment. Because otherwise, I will never be able to enjoy heaven if I cannot enjoy life on earth right now in one sentence that dark closet where my thoughts were trapped and isolated was brought to the light because she understood what I was going through and she talked about suffering and how uh, the 24th year of her life was just so much suffering and she talks about how when she looks back on her life a lot of it most of it was the sum of suffering. She struggled with anxiety. She struggled with how people saw her. She struggled with trying to find, you know, a grasp on God. Like, she was so frustrated because she wanted God so much. And she's like, I just want to experience him all the time, and I would do anything for him. And she made the convent take her in, and they were like, no, no. And she's like, no, like, you need to take me in. I need to find God. And she just lives this extraordinary life of thirst and hunger for the divine. And she gets it. Like, she gets this crazy thought that I locked up in my heart. Because when people say things like, well, at least you got to experience it. Or in the 21st century, at least you get to put it on the gram or you get to post it. Then at least you're living with enjoyment. And I'm frustrated with that. And if you've listened to my episode on social media, you understand more of why I'm frustrated with that. Because I don't think that our intention should be to just cross off these tasks on a bucket list or to post these really awesome things and pictures and locations and outfits and whatever if we're not enjoying it. Another example um always comes to mind and it was my experience as well high school prom anyone actually have a good prom experience I remember I loved prom morning I loved getting dressed in my dress I loved dress shopping I loved my makeup I loved getting my hair done I loved taking pictures but the actual prom itself no I can't even remember one moment of it that I was genuinely having a good time and enjoying it and it's one of those events that like it's social suicide if you don't go and it's one of those very hard things to come to terms with if you don't have a date and it had all these pressures and these lies that accompanied it and you were just like okay I'm just gonna go and then you go and you hope to be surprised and again all of the hype is in your head and you like the idea of it more than you actually like it um and this goes with every single thing that I feel like I've done so far in life um like I said high school college prom Some of my relationships were like that, but God also peels back these layers and showed you that real love and real relationships are supposed to be so authentic and meaningful. Um, You should lose track of time with the person, and if you're not experiencing that, then 
it's probably the wrong relationship to be investing in. Um, that's my TED Talk on relationships. Um, but also just the fact that there's something within me, within my mind, within my heart, within my restlessness that can't enjoy something because I do believe in the objective reality that every single thing we do in life is enjoyable. The quality of life has not been altered. The quality of enjoying life has not gone away. But what has been deeply wounded, what has been deeply hurt and and like been through pain is our own hearts. So like, objectively prom is a really fun thing but my heart had so many feelings and pains and memories about it or thoughts about it that was blocking my ability to enjoy it and that goes with a lot of things too and um if you're self-aware and you like being self-aware you can easily admit and um Family is a good example of this. Family vacations. Family vacations are objectively a beautiful, amazing, and wonderful thing, but a lot of us are wounded by them. So the thought of approaching a family vacation or the thought of going on a family vacation is really hurtful. It's really hard to like bring yourself to think that that would be enjoyable. Um, I know a lot of people who don't go on family vacations because they would rather not participate in it and not you know, set themselves up to not enjoy it. But then again, like what St. Therese said in her quote, it's it's up to us to allow God and his grace and really only God and his grace to transform our souls and give it the capacity to enjoy things. And when we, we tap into that, we do look at the life of Jesus a little more seriously because he had a, a mission, like God sent his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him has eternal life. That's that's like the most famous Bible verse. And when you think of that quote, I keep saying you, I should just call myself out more. When I think of that quote, as a kid, I, I just always comprehended it as God sent Jesus. And if we believe in Jesus, we will have heaven, we'll have eternal life. And we will, but eternal life isn't just heaven. Eternal life is a state of right now. Eternal life is the fact that like I believe in Jesus and I believe he is he is who he said he is and I don't believe there's a human being greater than him that exists in this world and that will ever exist in this world. So that that fact alone, I believe that. And that fact transforms my entire being. So now that I and my soul and my heart and my mind are transformed by the power of a relationship with Christ and embracing all of the love that he's ready to give me, then eternal life is right in front of me. And that eternal life is knowing that I am blessed by him. And by blessed, it means he has extreme, unchangeable favor for me and the fact that I exist. Eternal life is this supreme happiness. It's joy, it's bliss, it's ecstasy, it's goodness. Gotta throw that word in there. It's enjoyment. And when we believe that God is who he is and that he saves us and rescues us and finds us and heals us and changes us and transforms us, we experience life at an entirely different level. 
and the capacity to enjoy life, not only for what it is and the vacations and the relationships and the proms and the sat- and the statuses and the social statuses and the job titles, but the every single day-to-day life routines, they're just maximized. They're set and transformed on this new level. Even suffering and pain are somehow like breathed in with joy within us. And as, as, as that dark thought sat in the corner of my heart of whether or not life was actually enjoyable, right? Like bringing that question to God, like, is life actually enjoyable? He changes it. And just like that thought can sit in my heart in a dark closet, God himself can sit in my heart and remove the dark closet because he is always within the realm of life, but he is also within the realm of your entire being, like he is within you. So when we answer that question of like, what does it mean to be a human? And if you can firmly agree that it's to give, receive and share and embrace the love of God, then what do I have to do in my life to become happy? What do I have to do to get to that art of enjoying life, to be able to not count the minutes until something is over, to not count down the time until the class that I'm in is over to not count down the years until I'm going to get married or have a ring on my finger to not worry about how insufficient I am because I don't have a degree or a job title right like all we do in life is count down time and we count down minutes and hours and days until happiness is quote-unquote there and on its way And I think that's another belief system we believe about happiness is that it's on the way. And hope, hope is on the way. Hope is definitely one of the virtues that's on the way. But happiness is integral. It's inside. It's within. It's perspective changes. It's seeing things in a new light. I'm going to sip my coffee. Like that's happiness in a nutshell. So we have to kind of allow the Lord and his grace and his truth and his words transform our entire life. Because if what he says is true and if what he offers is eternal life, that is heaven. Absolutely. But when time is gone in heaven and there's no deadlines and there's no due dates and there's no counting down and scheduling A lot of us are going to be purging the fact that we don't know how to rest in the timelessness of what that life will be like, in the rest of the fact, in rest, resting in the fact that we don't have to be doing anything except being present where we are. And that's what the art of enjoyment is, is that when, when you're present mentally and with your heart, focusing on where you're at what your circumstances are, your relationship status, your work, whatever it is, that presence and that focus, we call this the present moment, can be everything that you need. You're not lacking. You're not insufficient. God's not holding out on you. Where you're at right now in this present moment is good enough. And if we continue to believe the lie that it's not good enough or it's not enough, now we've Now we live in a mental body that just believes these lies about our lives and our identity. And that's the biggest tactic of life 
that is so contradictory to religion. And I hate, I hate when people say that religion is the one thing that makes them miss out on life because it doesn't offer enough. And it's like, it's offering you everything, but you're so busy looking for everything else and not having the art of enjoyment in the present moment that you can't find that. And I'll be honest with you, and I I share this because it's so specific to the episode and this point in my life. Um, Excuse me. But I record this episode with an injury, and anyone who's ever had a knee injury, like, you know, you can't do much. I'd rather have an arm injury because at least I can walk around. And, you know, when we say uh, uh, the sum of our lives will be a majority of suffering, it doesn't really matter because if the lens in which you can see the present moment, and which I'm so grateful that I can see right now, if the lens in which I can see this present moment is that the sun is shining and people are reaching out and people love me and I get to read all the books on my bookshelf that I haven't touched yet and I get to enjoy and embrace stillness and catch up on sleep, you know, those are really good things that are adding value to this time. Excuse me, but even more than that, God is so with me. And just because I'm not on a vacation right now or I'm not in a relationship or I'm not embracing something, it does not mean I'm not enjoying my life. And we need to let the Lord in and transform that. And I just pray that anyone out there listening to this who can understand this concept and can understand this topic and even can understand the fact that like, Happiness is not when you get married. Happiness is not when you get the job. Happiness is not when you get the car or you lose the 20 pounds. Like the art of enjoying life right now, right now. I think God answered another one of my prayers in in a movie. Um, you know, when you're scrolling through a movie and it takes you two hours to pick out a movie and you could have been done a movie by the time you pick out a movie. Um this movie stuck out to me on, I think I was on Amazon or something, and I just liked the cast. It was Ed Helms and Jason Siegel and Susan Sarandon, but like it was a 90-minute movie, and it didn't look like anything crazy or spontaneous, or I would jump off the couch. Um, I don't even remember what it was called, to be honest, but I watched it because in the trailer, there was, again, my entire question was answered through not only the quote by St. Therese, but through this movie where Jason Siegel and Ed Helms are brothers in this movie and their dad had passed away and they were talking about how they both had the same dream about their dad and their dad had this quote where he was a teacher and he would ask his, his class every year, students, what is the best day in the history of the world? Or no, what is the greatest day in the history of the world? And some of them said Christmas and some of them said their birthday. Some of them said their marriage uh, the day they got married, and Jason Siegel, like, all choked up, was like, no, the answer is today. Like, what is the greatest day in the history of the world? It's today. And that quote blew my mind, and I would watch the entire movie all over again just to soak in that moment because a lot of us can admit that we know, like, we know in our head that today is the greatest day in the history of the world, but we don't know how to live that and we don't know how to make meaning of that and we don't know the nature of that physically like right in front of us 
So I think we should soak that in and take that to prayer. And by prayer, again, conversation with God. Like, how, Lord, do you want me to transform my life so that I can enjoy my life? Maybe you need to get rid of the lie that until you have a significant other, you'll never be happy. Maybe you need to get rid of the lie that the timing of your life isn't great or that you got it wrong or that if you only did this, then you would be happier. There's so many layers to this. And ultimately, what this comes down to is that you're, you're able to sit with a group of people or to sit in class or to even sit with yourself, God willing, and enjoy that time, enjoy that moment, and to know that at the heart of that exact moment, at the heart of this very moment, you have love, you have eternal life, everything is sufficient for you, no matter the circumstance, no matter the trial, and every single person can rest and enjoy where they're at. Now again, this isn't a self-help talk, this isn't like, um, don't take care of your health and don't, you know, neglect your responsibilities and get done what you need to do at work. But it's, it's, it's exactly in that. Like, okay, if you need to take care of your health, the steps that you're going to take to take responsibility for your health and the steps that you're going to take to make your mental health better and God willing, your faith better, every step of that journey can be enjoyed. Don't focus on the destination. Keep focusing on the fact that every single moment leading up to that goal is so enjoyable and believe me like it's easier said than done but I mean when you work out every day you're you're doing it because you enjoy it or else it wouldn't last it it can't be an obligation it has to be a desire Um, I'm sitting here with all these books on my table if I don't open them up and get lost in them then I'm duping myself so Again, easier said than done, but if you want to change something, go do it because the entire process of doing that one thing is so enjoyable. And I'll prove it to you because if you've ever watched the show How I Met Your Mother, great show, 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, recommend. Um, it, it is what the title says. It's about a main character who's trying to tell the story of how he met his wife, their mother, to his kids. And for nine seasons of the show... You don't know who the mother is. And when you think of nine seasons, that's practically eight years of a TV show where you're not even getting to the destination. And the first time around that I watched the show, I was watching it because I wanted to figure out who the mother was. And it took everything in me not to just jump to the conclusion and Google search who who she was because I watched it like five years after the show came out. So I could have easily figured it out. But the the reason the show was so good the second time around was because you do learn so many things in every episode. And it's not about figuring out who the mother was or figuring out how this guy ended up meeting her or whatever. It was how every little thing leading up to that moment was so enjoyable for him and so purposeful. And that's what you take away from that show more than anything And, you know, all the restless people out there trying to figure out who they're going to date and eventually marry, I think all of us can learn that lesson is that the journey to get there is so enjoyable and we need to pump the brakes. And the main character of the show, Ted, he doesn't enjoy himself. There are a lot of days and episodes he's very frustrated with his journey and he's wrestling with it. Um, But even that's enjoyable, like to be able to allow ourselves to experience certain emotions 
allows us then, like the character does, to make these conclusions about our lives together or about the the relationship he had that brought him where he needed to be. But again, these are all like life lessons we can all figure out when we're engaged in a show and we're watching it. But I just pray that everyone listening to this understands that transforming our heart can become a prayer. Transforming our heart is the prayer. Transforming our lives into something to receive and give and embrace love is what it's all about. And this is a really specific way that I think our world needs to encounter God. So um, go talk to him. I know I will be.